This is Mission Disco, a conversation about imagination, innovation and Christian mission in Ireland and beyond. I am Simon Kilpatrick. And I am Brian Sanders. We are your DJs for this conversation. Hello, Brian. Hey, Simon. (laughs) We've just listened to the disco intro. We've just been talking about hugs. Yes, we have been talking about hugs and how... Well, I fit in because Irish people don't really hug as much as Americans, and Americans don't hug me either. Yeah. So it works. So as a cold, I found my home. I found it. my home. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's good, fun. <clears throat> and else to say? <laughs> intro. <laughs> Any jokes? We've tried jokes; didn't really uh, work. Uh, um, I haven't <clears throat> seen you for a while. It's no, a while. it's been a while. It's strange yeah. to talk to you across the table. We haven't actually caught up properly. Anyway, we will get a way, chance if, to do that. If there was a way to describe the color of the jumper you're wearing, <laughs> for if listeners could, how would how would you describe the color? Lovely. <laughs> it's, I think it's not mustard. quite it's mustard. It's all the cool kids are wearing it. I I have noticed that it yeah, is it cool is in in fashion color, but that's it's, me. But it's it's very arresting. <laughs> what does that mean? Loud, <laughs> but it's not mustard. It's it's like a darker. It's darker than mustard. more mature mustard. <laughs> Golden. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And it's it's not really your fault, but, but because the room is painted gray, you've just kind of done the opposite <laughs> and just blended into the background. Your beard, your hair, and your jumper will just wow. Blend in. Okay, all right. At least my hair blends into the background. <laughs> but yeah, the jumper is bright. Anyway, sorry. That's what I have to look at. So just people should know that. that that's... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's what you have to look at. You've been away for the last uh, few weeks out of Ireland, out of mm-hmm. home, back in the sun, got a suntan and you're back in the rain. And one of the things we want to talk about today is a little bit about the conference that you ran when you were back there. <clears throat> uh, kind of thinking about mission as art. Um, and I think... Just to, I suppose, to give some context, you generally come up with kind of weird, crazy ideas and kind of stretch people's thinking. But just, I suppose, we will talk a little bit about that and maybe some of the stuff you learned. I think maybe in the past we've we've thought about mission as something, I suppose for a long time, something that we didn't even have to do because people came to church. We didn't really mm-hmm. think about what, how we had to do it. And then maybe we went through a phase of thinking of it as kind of a transactional thing. It's all about resources, it's all about how we run courses. It's a little bit of a business. We can read books on it. Um, and I suppose thinking a little bit about art and creativity in one way, I think probably the church in Ireland, I don't know what it's like in the States, but the church in Ireland doesn't really embrace creativity, doesn't embrace poets or artists or writers or anything like that. Uh, I don't know if that's different for you, but Ireland used to be known as the land of saints and scholars. Hmm. We've produced a lot of writers and painters and poets. Um, uh, So I think creativity in the church is really important. I think it's important that we embrace it and we encourage creativity. We encourage those people to use their gifts to paint pictures of and tell of who God is and his story. Um, but that's not really, I suppose, something that you, it's not really what you wanted the conference to be. You actually want to step further by thinking about how as missionaries, what can we learn from artists in how they create? So actually, we're not saying, we obviously do encourage and want to see creativity 
happen in churches but it's going to step beyond that how can we learn from an artist how can we learn from a comedian how can we learn from a poet about how we do mission would you tell us a little bit about where the idea came from or yeah where you came up with it yeah it's interesting because you can almost look at the history of the church and how it's it's been has been influenced possibly overly influenced by certain elements you know the church as for example education you know just thinking primarily what what is the transaction what is the social mm-hmm. contract between whatever church people church leaders and what what are, the, what are they providing and what are they doing you know essentially in a in a modern world in in the enlightenment world it's education right it's to teach people something um i suppose that still lingers that idea so you're just setting up an educational environment that's what it is Mm -hmm. so you're learning how to become better educators essentially and then and then probably maybe there was a shift into in the last maybe 30 years of thinking of thinking of the church in business terms you know metrics and org charts and deliverables and um you know metrics of efficiency and productivity um what is our product who is our customer those kind of questions well maybe that's fine but it doesn't it it, it's feeling more and more hollow and so Mm -hmm. you know we we're always trying to think here about the future and what is what is sort of the um you know the coming what, what are the times revealing to us about who we're meant to be. And it just seems like we, we, because we are in a kind of creative economy now, which is about making things, you know, Mm -hmm. and artists are makers, right? In fact, what, what is really an artist? It's just somebody that makes art. So maybe trying to democratize that idea a little bit or, or actually realizing that everyone in this current creative economy is making something. Everyone is a creative. Everyone is an artist. So whether or not we acknowledge that or recognize that or identify as that, well, that's a separate problem. It's a separate question. But I think as soon as we do come to terms with that, we're all making something. We're all creatives. And of course, even the biblical motif of being a witness, like we are a witness to something that we have seen, but also our, our lives bear witness. Our lives are being witnessed you know, and so people are watching us, and in that sense, our lives stand out as something. Um, now, you can you can deny or sort of I don't know hold at arm's length the idea that that my life is a work of art, but nevertheless, people are looking at it, and so you can deny that you're an artist and just do bad art, but you're still doing something that is has the potential for connection for impact and ultimately is the pursuit of beauty that that's maybe a way in which I might think about or define art is the pursuit of beauty. So instead of, instead of wanting, so this is something that's happened inside of me, instead of wanting to see ministry as a series of efficiencies or a series of products, you know, how many baptisms, how many, and we've talked about this before metrics, Mm -hmm. you know, um, to think instead to think about aesthetics to think about is what we're doing beautiful is it 
breathtaking? Is it remarkable? Is it provocative? That, that, those are the concerns of the artist. Not is it perfect and not is it efficient, you know, is it this sort of drive for efficiency um, or producing something. It just turns us, it's, it's, it's an industrial metaphor for an industrial age. And, and we just don't live in an industrial age anymore. Mm. So the metaphor is hollow and possibly not helpful anymore in terms of leading us. So, so I'm saying we are artists and missionaries are actually starting something from scratch, that tabula rasa, like painting on a blank canvas. They're doing that and people are watching it and they're being impacted by it. So that's already happening, but we don't really know how to do it because we, we still have these, this old framework teaching us how to be Christian and how to sort of walk in the world as the church or whatever. So I just thought, what if, what if we just got a bunch of artists together to teach missionaries or Christian leaders to do what they're doing? Not by them making observations about mission, but them just talking about their process as artists. So just unpack for us. What does it mean to be a painter? Or what does it mean to be a writer? Or what does it mean to be an actor? What does it mean to be a dancer or whatever? And what was your hope from that? Was it to make people free in how they see the missionary life? Was there to provoke? Was it to encourage? Did that work? I think we're just looking for insights, you know. Okay. Um, and possibly, maybe that's a more modest goal it's just insights into what we're doing but maybe a bigger ambition would be to to redefine or reshape the lens in which we look at what we do as missionary people to change the scorecard and change our own identity because there's just so much and and in many ways i was vindicated because there it was just astonishing the overlaps actually and the kind of the way in which artists were just like speaking to our hearts. I mean, it was people were were literally on the edge of their seat listening to these panels that we had. Um, so you did panels more than that's people right. delivering talks. We had we had we had three shorter talks and three longer panels. So the idea was to to put the the guts of the content into the hands of these artists. You wouldn't think that a panel would be the best part, you know, of a mm. conference or panels would be the best part of the conference maybe, but, oh man, it was riveting. And it's even, it was even tempting for me, you know, and that sort of, there's a lot of that productivity still in me, even though I, I, I'm trying to unlearn it, um, to not want to just explain or, or turn what, what these artists were saying into something more codified, you know, but to just let it be, to just let it hang out there and to trust that people can draw those connections themselves. And that was report after report for people. They were, they were, they were making their own connections. Um, people are brighter than we think. And, mm -hmm. and actually, you know, God's spirit is, was just sort of mining uh, out of these, these artists revelation really for us in, in um, those of us in mission. What I, kind of artists did you have then? Who did you? <clears throat> well, we sure? only had we we only had three. the The three panels were essentially a painter's panel. So, um, talking about visual artists mm -hmm. that that work primarily with paint and brush. Uh, the second panel was improvisers. So, actually, a, a group of seasoned um, improv comedy and long form improv 
artists, and they were fascinating. And then um, the last panel was poets, performers, writers. So it was more like words, the use of words. Um, but, you know, for me, even even in my own journey, I'd say I started, you know, what am I, 27 years or something into ministry. And I'd say I started as more of a revolutionary. Like I just wanted to burn things down, you know. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have much um, vision for after the rubble, you know, for what would happen after everything is, I just yeah, saw, what was, I saw what was wrong with things and, and thought we need to, you know, this needs to go. I, then, then there was a real, maybe a shift to, to activism, to being an activist, which is you're not really so, so concerned about tearing something down as you are about building something new or, um, you know, creating alternatives to the things that you were critical of. Um, but it's in this last phase of my ministry life that I feel I do feel more like it's artistry actually that's drawing me that that framework um, because I'm just I'm just not sure that what I build in my lifetime is all that important um, but I do want to I do want to live in a way that is beautiful. Um, and and if I look at my life and say, oh, did it have enough impact or something? I just I just I'm beginning to feel like that's the wrong quest, the wrong answer to the wrong question, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but but if I look at my life, my children look at my life, or my children's children look at my life, and they say, what a remarkable life, what a what a stunning, astonishing, mm-hmm. beautiful life, full of flaws and error, and which also, by the way, is a part of art. You know the integration of error. Um, yeah, because one of the things you had been talking about was that when artists, particularly painters, I suppose, and you, you mentioned the improv people, whenever there is failure, whenever there is um, someone goes wrong, someone makes a mistake, it's not starting again necessarily, but it's actually using that, embracing that, and learning from that. And I think that's a really important thing to learn when we think about mission. We think about mission in Ireland, mission beyond. It's how do we use some of the failures, some of the mistakes in our own lives, but also in how we do things. You had, was there one particular point to that? Well, all it's interesting because all of them talk about failure, integrating failure in their own way they talked about it. You know, the painters would say, you know, you just paint over it. And of course, you're always disliking what you've just painted. Always. It's just that it, that is the work of painting. And so it's there, you know, even the, even the great works, you know, underneath, if you really, if you, if you sort of can scan the paintings, you see that there, there are like revisions on top of revisions on top of revisions. Um, you know, improvisers talk about, you know, they don't, they don't, they never set out to fail. They don't want to fail, but when they do, and they do, it's it's an occasion for laughter, which which is what they want, mm-hmm. right? So you you they would say you have to use it that you did you just failed, so use it. Um, <clears throat> well, we I, we can play a, a story. I give you a clip here of um, them telling talking about a failure that they did. It's fun making mistakes in improv 
we are a part of it on stage and you guys are all a part of the mistake. So we can all like celebrate that mistake together and laugh through it because, I mean, I think that's a, a great um, application to life as well. Let's celebrate our mistakes, let's celebrate failure and laugh through them. Uh, we just did a show um, on this past Friday, not or last Friday, um, and uh, two of my uh, teammates were doing a scene in which they were talking about hermit crabs. I don't know. But <laughs> one of the people in the scene accidentally said hermit cab, and it was apparent. Immediately we swipe the scene and we're all of a sudden in a taxi cab with a hermit, a, a person. <laughs> and, and, right, exactly, that's funny. So we celebrated that, that failure by saying, oh, hermit cab, that's hilarious. Let's look at how that looked, even though it was just a flub of the words. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's um, an interesting, funny. Well, and it, was, it, was, it wasn't just, that was that was Annie, and it wasn't just her insight. It was it just seemed to be. I think Ryan Foster, one of the painters, said, "Oh, um, maybe one in ten of my paintings is any good." And he's he's a strikingly talented painter, so it's just kind of hard to integrate that. It's hard to. I'm I'm sort of like, really is that possible? You know, so. Yeah, I, I, there's something about artists. Well, if you're an actor or something, you have to go to, you know, audition after audition and be rejected over and over and over again. And, and it doesn't seem to slow them down or phase them. And yet in ministry, and we've talked about this before, but in ministry, people fail two or three times and they just think this, this isn't for me or I'm not, it's not my gift or, or God must not want me to do this or must not want me to be in it or whatever. And, and I just think we lack a certain resiliency because we, we have this false belief that mission isn't like art, mm. you know, that it's supposed to just work the first time out. We're supposed to be a virtuoso the first time we pick up the missionary violin. Mm. And, um, and I wonder is one of the, some of the problems that we, in mission in the past when we've thought about it we've taken something off a shelf we've done a course yeah. we've tried to take something that's yeah. worked elsewhere and not contextualize and not be creative with it we haven't thought creatively about it and we've just Good tried point. it and we've just hoped that the percentages will be the same for us as they were for Good point. the country beside us yeah we almost want to buy someone else's work uh, because it's already proven or mm. it's already established. Crystal said something to me, actually one of the improvisers said something to me in the wings before we went out. She said, everybody, every Christian wants to be a cover band. Mm. You, you know what a cover band mm. is. You know that you, yeah. you don't write your own music. You don't play your own music. You're, still, you're just like a journey cover band. And that's less risky. It's way less risky. And people will still like it. But you. it's totally unoriginal. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and actually what people love about the cover band is journey, not you. Mm. It's a, you're an extension of someone who was once creative, mm -hmm. or, um, and and I think I think that is maybe our our bent in the Western Christian world is to be cover bands, is to find the really good artist or sound or preacher or yeah, the new idea, new model, model or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we'll just copy that. We'll do that, and it does produce a sort of bland. Um, outcome, a bland possibility. It, maybe it is good at some level um, because it, it's an echo mm -hmm. of of something that was once contextualized and beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, but it isn't 
it isn't in the moment, certainly. It isn't present in the moment. It isn't planted in a place and time. It's from somewhere else. Um, and but, it's hard to know where to, to start because there's no formula even to be creative, follow these steps, and you will produce something that's more creative or more authentic to your location. It's a right, risk. Right, it, It's And that I think that was another theme that came through with, with almost all of these guys that, that were talking about risk. You know, art is risk. Um, art is vulnerable, you know. Again, the, the improv panel, it was just... I, it almost created a kind of jealousy in the room. You could feel almost like a palpable um, yearning to have a team, have our teams, our missionary ministry teams, be like this improv team, you know, to just the radical trust and vulnerability that they have with each other, their total commitment to each other, the the loss of self. So there's this sort of principle that you never try to make yourself look good on stage. It's just a commitment that they have because there's these, there's these pieces to their process. So improv is never the same twice. So there is no product. You can't, you can't work on the product. All you can do is work on the process and, and the rules that surround that process. And one of them is, you know, you, you have to be fully present with your teammates and listening deeply to them and responding to them in the affirmative. So they have that kind of yes and rule. You can't say no ever. And you can't say yes, but because it'll kill a scene. Um, somebody who, I, who was it was talking the other day about the office and Michael Scott did an improv class or something. Oh, did yeah, you ever, yeah. And he just kept shooting people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he kept showing just, up with a gun <laughs> and just, just killing, which is just, just going to, ruins every scene so it kills every he he was killing everyone yeah, in, in every scene and and sort of that embodies the no you know you can't you have to say yes you have to build on it but it was it was it was incredible to to listen to them articulate the commitment that they have to each other um the support, the affirmation, it was breathtaking, really. And and because most of us probably have been in ministry teams where we didn't have that, where somebody was sort of the mm. naysayer or mm. the mm. Uh, the outlier or just couldn't get on board or we just feel criticized or we can't really affirm each other, it's just, it's broken. It's, yeah, it just stops the creativity. It, it stops the growth. Completely. The sideways thinking. And you, you can't really trust because, and you you, you you feel vulnerable, but in a in a bad way because the people around here don't really well have your back. And th this is a point actually that they made. Maybe we could play that clip for a second. Recently, I was in Chicago, and I just felt like the message I kept hearing was like, "Start from a place of love. Start from a place of love. You know, circle up before you get on stage and just look at each other and say what you love about each other or something that you like about each other." And again, I just think we live in a critical world, so are we even saying those things to one another? And when we start that way, we're backstage and we're like laughing and enjoying each other and connecting, I think it makes for such an amazing product. Like I said, we can't control it, but it's such a fun, we have so much fun on stage, it's almost like the audience doesn't matter at times because we're just cracking each other up in so many ways, but um, that celebration and love is really important. And usually before we do a show together, we'll say, I have your back and I want to do a show with you, which are like, 
things that we don't really verbalize unless like we're about to go do an improv show, but it's so um, important to turn to the people in your life and say, I have your back and I want to do blank with you. Hmm. To actually make eye contact with their team before they go on stage. And I don't know, man, there's so many examples in my life of where I've been on teams of people and they, you just feel like they don't have your back. Mm. Um, And you remember the times where you were with people before in prayer before or during where I remember even some of the days when we were running the the disco, running mm -hmm. the, the dance club. And you know, there's times where things got difficult, um, but you knew people had your back and that makes a massive difference to, to try new things, to, um, yeah, when people are there for one another and the celebration that she talked about as well, celebrating those things, celebration is a, a key thing. Cause I think we have a lot of competition, maybe not within churches or within ministries, but a lot of competition around. And it's not just kind of blanket Pollyanna affirmation. It's, it's what I love about you. So, mm. so there are flaws in you that you're a complex person, but I accept all of that. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to do this with you, this, this team or this do life or, ah, it's just, it's refreshing, you know? And again, it like, it was as I hoped it would be that we, we could, we could see these artists doing something that they do naturally and think to ourselves, if, if we could, if we could see ourselves more as artists, more in that vein that what we go out to do, I was thinking of like Dave and street pastors or something, you know, they're going to go out mm. and, and it's, they're about to improvise, you know, they're going to, they're going to just go out in the streets and be available to people. Mm. And it, you can find somebody that's in, intoxicated mm. or somebody that's has no interest in God or lots of interest or just walked away. Or it's like, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. So you just, you have your team, you're, 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 they have each other's backs. They have each other's backs. Yeah. They really do. They're supporting one another. It's a risky mm. thing that they're about to step out into. It's vulnerable. Um, yeah, but they've no idea what to, what they'll come across or how no they'll idea. react to it, but they know they have each other and they know they have. And yet there is a pattern there. That's like, we're going to go out and kind of do something similar. So the process is repeatable, um, in many ways. <clears throat> and even, even our relationship with, I don't know, God's spirit is a sort of yes and relationship mm. that that we're trying to hear him, be present with him in any moment that we're in, in mission, and to just say yes to that, to, to whenever we can, however we can, say yes to it. This is what's happening right now. It's not an interruption. Um, something I read about improv that said, um, characters can disagree, but improvisers can't. Improvisers never do. So when you're, when you're on stage, sometimes the right thing for a character to say is, I don't want to, you know, like, I don't know, you're a, you're a teenager and I'm an mm -hmm. parent and the parents are like, you need to go to your room. And the teenager says, I don't want to. So the character can disagree, but the improvisers at some deeper level, the thing that, the thing that sort of they're there to be or do their, their deeper identity is always agreement. It's always agreement. So even within teams, within the way we do mission or the way we talk about things, we will disagree. We will challenge mm -hmm. each other, but at some much, much deeper level, we, we carry on with, with a, with a, a unity, a union that mm -hmm. we have, which is radical and beautiful. You have been listening to Mission Disco, a podcast by Praxis Movement. Simon and Brian will continue the discussion in episode two of this edition. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Praxis Movement. 
Subscribe, like or download this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud or online at praxismovement.ie.